As the world moves increasingly towards the mainstream adoption of Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage will make it possible to materialize your assets in real estate. Through the collateralization of mortgages with Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage will be launching lending solutions to allow investors to easily leverage their assets to purchase investment in owner-occupied properties. Moon Mortgage's crypto mortgage will be launching soon for home buyers in Texas, Florida, and Colorado and will be open to investors in most states across the U.S. for investment properties. Welcome to the future of mortgages. Visit moonmortgage.io today to register your interest and learn more. Moon Mortgage Residential is registered with the NMLS under number 235334. Bitcoiners, welcome back to Bitcoin Magazine. We are excited to be sitting with the best and the brightest, the movers and the shakers in the Bitcoin space. I am CK, General Manager here at Bitcoin Magazine, and I am sitting across from Frank Holmes, the CEO of Hive. Hive blockchain is one of the coolest and most innovative public miners out there. Hive has been moving forward in terms of leveraging Bitcoin mining and proof of work in some of the most creative and interesting ways in the space. Frank, you and I, before we got on, we were just joking around within all the craziness around FTX and the craziness that's happening in the public Bitcoin mining industry. It really helps to have some seasoned veterans, some people who have actually seen real market cycles, not just Bitcoin market cycles, but actually real macro cycles that have been through the, the dot-com bubble that have kind of seen, you know, everything that's kind of happening from the tippity top of a market all the way down and how to navigate that successfully. We are really excited to be sitting down with you as a leader in the Bitcoin mining space, but also one of those white haired experts who is, you know, kind of coming into a very young industry and, and kind of showing folks how it's done. So Frank, without further ado, would love to introduce you to the Bitcoin magazine audience and learn a little bit more about what you're doing over at Hive. Well, thank you for the very flattering and, and kind comments, but there is a benefit from age, but that benefit from my age has got to stay with young guns like you to be invigorated and keep my brain, my neurons blowing it up. You know, how's that happening? Where's it going? Things like that. But there is an importance, I think, at, at this. And when Hive, to give you the story of Hive, I'm a gold fund manager. I'm a, also, we have other funds, but I'm a known for gold. I wrote a book on gold. And what I found interesting is that the, the old Testament of fiat money and the concern that gold bugs have is the same as Satoshi's and people that follow the real Bitcoin diehards, or as Michael Saylor calls them hornets. They, they, they have the same sort of concept of private property. And now we have a digital asset besides a physical asset. So I got interested in this space because I launched the Jets ETF. I'm a money manager and I was out to launch a Bitcoin ETF. And I recognized due to AML concerns and KYC, it wasn't really going to happen. I went to Canada, found out the same thing with the securities commissions up there. So what, what I said, you know, what, what can I do? How can I be positioned in this space? And friends of mine called me from Vancouver and said, Oh, they got these young guys and they've got this idea of going into taking public to raise a lot of capital for crypto mining. 
and and I've been doing this homework and I just came back from the consensus event in New York City and I was shocked to hear the keynote speaker was Abigail Johnson who is was a former fund manager CFA MBA and runs one of the largest financial institutions in the world and she doesn't speak at investment conferences but she's speaking at a a blockchain crypto event and she's talking about the significance, the importance of Bitcoin, and she's mining Bitcoin herself. So that gave me a confirmation that I'm early and this is a great industry. So that is the, you know, the, the genesis of that. And, uh, and I went into say, okay, I'll put up the seed capital, the first $5 million, immediately $25 million more came in from the other co-investors. And we launched Hive as the first crypto mining company in the world. And with that, as the chairman, it really consumed with what was the strategy and when the ESG was coming out, and I know a lot about this concept, the sustainable mining for gold mining, I said, well, let's have that vision here. So Hive came out as not only the first crypto mining company, it also came out with a green strategy that we were going to mine the first facilities we purchased were in Iceland. And I said, immediate cash flow. The returns on investor capital were incredible compared to gold mining. This company, it can be much more like a gold royalty company where you don't have to have thousands of employees. You can have a small nucleus of intellectual capital and have other contract people to be able to manage those facilities. So we started mining with geothermal energy and it was green in Iceland. And then we branched out to go into Sweden. Once again, it was green energy, but here it's hydroelectricity. And the hydro dam was like 500 yards away from the facility. And then during the crisis of 2018, I used it as a strategy to be able to acquire other distressed people, especially coming into the halving. And so we bought a facility in Montreal, and then we bought, and, and going into 2019, another big campus in New Brunswick, which we've expanded to up to 80 megawatts. And it's a beautiful campus of data centers. So that is really the sort of the, the creation of it. We we're the first to put data centers on our balance sheet. And I believe that data centers and independent, just like we talk about Bitcoin being decentralized, gold is a decentralized asset, just like Bitcoin is, and it's really unique similarities. There's many differences, but there's also similarities. And, and I think it's really positive that's happening right now that one reason why China kicked everyone out of Bitcoin mining is because they've been big buyers of gold and they want to have gold to back their currency so they can turn around and do trade with Saudi Arabia, which they just announced. Good news about what's happening like that with other central banks around the world buying gold as the first move, it just sets the path for Bitcoin. It just sets the path that's going to go down that as a decentralized asset, that's a global trading, I think it is very significant long-term. So that's what I launched it. And I didn't, couldn't launch an ETF. It was the co-founding and the launch and the creation of Hive Blockchain. Frank, so much to unpack there. I want to get into a little bit more about the philosophy behind Hive blockchain and some of the different tenets that have made you successful, despite a lot of kind of headwinds in, in recent months. But before that, I find one of the most interesting elements about your story as a founder in this space is your history and knowledge of gold. And I'm kind of want to dig in a little bit more into the statement you made around gold being a decentralized asset 
and and Bitcoin having kind of a lot of those traits. Can you talk to me about, you know, why you found gold interesting even, you know, before, you know, before 2020 or before all of this kind of like meltdown that has made gold really interesting to investors today? Can you talk about your history in gold and then maybe how that informed, you know, your thesis in Bitcoin and why you're bullish on Bitcoin today? Uh, that journey started in Toronto, in Canada. And in Canada, is Toronto is the center for the, all the intellectual capital, like you would think that uh, biotechnology is Boston and San Diego. Software is Seattle and San Francisco. Global gold mining, exploration, development, production, uh, all that intellectual capital is Toronto. And, it, and so I developed, you know, growing up in that space, learning about gold and asking why is gold as an asset class? What makes it interesting? And also understanding the risks of gold mining. And, and the pattern for gold mining is very similar volatility that you have in biotechnology. And then I can see that pattern in Bitcoin mining, that there's a very similar, a huge exponential moves up and square root of whatever the stock goes up, it falls the square root. So if a stock, if a penny stock goes from 30 cents of discovery to $9, as it's building out its mine, it falls back to three. If it goes to 49, it's going to fall back to seven. To seven. This is just, it's phenomenal to watch how math, which is the backbone of, of Bitcoin, it's all math. And the same thing, you can see those type of math showing up in the world of gold. So I started as an analyst, as a quant analyst, very early before we have all this digital world we have today. And, and it was a unique experience. And I was also involved in the first gold royalty company called Franco Nevada to go public. And one of the things to share with you today, it has the highest revenue per employee on the New York Stock Exchange, $34 million per employee. Compare that to having a, they have that as a royalty on the gold assets of, of Newmont and Barrick in Nevada, where there's $600,000 of revenue per employee. So I, this, that experience from one helps you with the other. And in Canada, I had to go and learn about why do people buy gold? What I also found interesting on that journey was that 60% of the demand for gold is love. It's not fear. It's not the concern immediately of governments destroying fiat currency. It's about love and the way the world of diamonds grew. And so when we think of today, the emergence and the growth of China and India, which is affectionately known as Chindia, which is 40% of the world's population, there's a cultural affinity towards gold. And the Middle East is also, I was just recently in Doha, I uh, went to saw the US play, saw seven games, and guess what? At airports and every mall you see 24 karat gold jewelry, and you basically put it on a scale and you weigh it, and you'll pay a markup on how ornate the jewelry is. And so therefore, people wear their money, and, and you pay more per gram of gold, depending on the design of the gold. So I found all that sort of fascinating. And now we come into a different demographic for me coming into the crypto space and the blockchain space and learning is demographics. The demographics, and I grew up that the only sort of digital money I could conceive of at the beginning were my mileage points that I could transfer them, that all of a sudden they had an economic value. But like governments, they slowly dilute the value. It used to cost me only 10,000 points to get a ticket, and now it's pushing 200,000 points, the way they diluted them down, the purchasing power. But that was the first concept. But what I saw with young, particular young boys around the world, et cetera, was gaming. They were earning 
digital money. I played with monopoly money. That's what I grew up with. But your space, your genre, your age, your peers, etc. It was computer gaming. And if you were really good, you got paid in digital money and you could upgrade and buy more software and you could buy more games. So we have a huge shift of my age of wealth going to you, your age. And this transfer of wealth is going to go through where you can respect and appreciate digital money. Now, all of a sudden comes along the concept of gold as a store of wealth during currency de devaluations, but your age, you've grown up with digital money. So it's very easy for you to adapt and adopt Bitcoin. It is very easy. My age is just so difficult trying to explain to them this concept. And it happened in diamonds, something intangible called love gets validated with a diamond. 3% of Americans after World War II use a diamond to get married with. Now it's 80%. Japan in 65 was 3%. Now it's 80%. So if you get enough people believing this digital asset, and you limit the supply, the price goes up Metcalf's law exponentially. So I understand that math as a money manager and the quant applying that over to this space. So I think the big part of the love trade is the love of gaming, the love that you have. And if you're really good at it, you get rewarded and you get rewarded in this digital money, but you have now evolved and you're older, you're more mature. And all of a sudden you want to have another preservation of wealth that you can send 24 seven all over the world. That's what I think is so exciting about Bitcoin and the adoption will grow. And what I learned in this journey was proof of work is like creating, you need to have electricity to get to create an ounce of gold. You need electricity. And if you want to have a digital Bitcoin, you need electricity and then proof of stake. I've been known to call it proof of scam. POS is proof of scam, proof of security. Guys something else too. <laughs> and, and they can play on their Excel machines and create coins out of nowhere. And, and what we've seen this whole FNX blow up, what was it done with? You, they never had any Bitcoin. If you went and bought Bitcoin through the system, they gave you a paper trade. They didn't even really have Bitcoin on the other side of that transaction. What they did do is they inflated their proof of stake coins up to la la value and they go what's called in the stock market wash trading to create a fictitious valuation for it and it all implodes. So on the first big blow up we had in 2017 going in 18 were all the S coins and, and they all imploded and they brought down Ethereum and now we have it with these these exchanges using these S coins to build up their capital base, they're imploding. I think that Bitcoin will come out of this stronger and better, but we're going to have to deal with, with distancing ourselves from these POS and this whole concept. That's what my thoughts are on that. But gold is to make an ounce of gold. You have to have electricity to make a digital Bitcoin, to make a real digital coin. You have to use something as an economic value. You need electricity. So that's the commonality to it. And then you want to make sure that your gold doesn't come from bad areas. It doesn't use bad chemicals. Here at Hive, we've been focused on green energy. And I think that that's really a big differential for us. And we're now taking it to another level. When I was at your conference in Amsterdam, which I thought was a home run, we went off and saw a greenhouse just outside of the Amsterdam. And it has eight football fields and they were heating the water tanks from two megawatts of Bitcoin mining in immersion. 
So that liquid would go from only two megawatts, the enough heat would heat this massive water tank. And that water tank was, was facilitating eight football fields of pepper, growing peppers. And they had robots coming along. So we're going to be doing this in northern Sweden. And we are doing something that's really unique. In Montreal, we take our building, which is about 40,000 square feet, and we heat a building 200,000 square feet. So we take that same electron molecule from hydroelectricity, mine two and a half Bitcoin a day, send that molecule across for 25 yards into a building 200,000 square feet, and you have 170 employees making whirlpools. And it's a French Canadian company. So the, this concept of recycling that, and then what we also do in Northern Sweden, we're the first to balance the grid. We get paid to be a standby to balance the grid. And, and with this Bitcoin, that's big decline, et cetera. Well, we can sell because we hedge our currency. We can also, we hedge our electricity at two or three cents. Well, guess what? Swedish electricity jumped at 15 cents. Sell the contracts. All right. And that allows us to all of a sudden be, be able to maintain that steady cash flow. Oh, absolutely. And I, this is where I get the most excited when I'm talking to expert miners like yourself. Someone asked me what I'm most excited for in the Bitcoin space, what I think is the most cutting edge. And I said, Bitcoin mining as part of energy infrastructure. I truly believe that this is the biggest game changing element of Bitcoin is the decentralized proof of, proof of work and its ability to create efficiencies. Really, that's what it's about. And, 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 you know, add, I think, and you add immersion with that. It's really interesting. Those two dynamics, top down, bottom up, as you would call it mm -hmm. in, in the money manager, macro forces and micro granular forces, efficient machines. And it's amazing what you could do. But you know what I want to share with you? We first went into Ethereum mining and I didn't really grasp at the beginning of my journey that this big war, and I understand why POS versus POW. And I'm a, I'm a hundred percent POW person, but in that journey, Ethereum allowed us to have incredible returns on invested capital. Like, like it's unheard of, like where I could put up my money and get it all back in six to nine months that I never saw that in the gold mining industry. And so we went into that, that Ethereum business and the Ethereum business allowed us to basically grow a couple of exahash of Bitcoin mining. And so now we're a hundred percent Bitcoin miner. And, and so one of the other parts was, is that we've been able to demonstrate the strongest EBITDA and we've traded always because we mined Ethereum and there was so much an anti Ethereum that we had the lowest EBITDA valuation metric. So now we're a hundred percent Bitcoin mining. And I still find it amazing that we are throwing off incredible cash flow because we have few employees. Many of the other companies have so many employees, so much infrastructure. We run it like it's a royalty company and we're only going to be in proof of work coins. So I want to dive into the energy infrastructure element and the ESG element, because that's definitely a hotly debated term in the Bitcoin space. But I do want to tease out, because you've mentioned it a couple of times, you're running your mining business like a royalty business. And that's very different how some of the other public miners and even private miners in the space are running it. You did, you, you did launch one of the first gold royalty businesses you mentioned earlier. Can you talk a little bit about 
that difference in mindset and how it's how it's proved successful for for Hive? I think that Hive has has really enjoyed the highest cash flow returns on invested capital. From finances we've done, how fast we've deployed the capital. If you take a look at it, we've we've generated the highest consistent cash flow returns on capital and the most efficient miners. And and I I'm really happy about the team. They've done an incredible job. Much smarter than me. Electrical engineers. Everything what they do. But the Bitcoin Magazine podcast is brought to you by CrowdHealth. With open enrollment upon us, what if you didn't have to pay healthcare premiums anymore? What if you can invest in Bitcoin instead? With CrowdHealth, you can choose your doctors, put aside money for your health expenses in your own account, and even hold a large part of it in Bitcoin. Pay one low monthly total to fund an account that is yours. If a large expense comes up, CrowdHealth will crowdfund the bill for you to pay quickly. Go to CrowdHealthBTC.com and use code BTCMAG and experience freedom from health insurance by utilizing Bitcoin. Right now through the end of the year, you can get your first six months for just $99 per month. Don't get stuck in a bad insurance plan again. Instead, go to CrowdHealthBTC.com and use code BTCMAG to sign up. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. Come celebrate Bitcoin winter in Miami at Bitcoin 2023. The largest Bitcoin conference in the world returns to Miami from May 18th to the 20th. Head on over to b.tc forward slash conference to get your tickets today. Use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your tickets before prices go up. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com. Coming back on this sort of this this idea of, of what we how we look at it, when you look at gold mining business, it's a big capex spend. And, and you have to look at 10 years that you get your money back. And what is that that cost of capital? When you're in the gold royalty business, you put up the capital and it's fixed. You get your money back, but then you get all future growth of that deposit or production growth. You don't pay another penny for it. So that is much more like what they call a SaaS model in technology. And that SaaS model was really critical for Apple and for Microsoft. Microsoft no longer started having big marketing campaigns to buy their new software program. You paid monthly or annually a fee, and it was all sent to you over the internet. And all of a sudden, they started piling cash. It was an incredible machine. It's like insurance business with Berkshire Hathaway. If you look at what Warren Buffett has, every every month, premiums are coming in. And all he's got to do is be a smarter investor than the other insurance companies of how he deploys that capital to get the higher cash flow returns of invested capital. And so that's been sort of Hive's philosophy is what is our cash flow return on invested capital? And then taking all the data of how this coming in on it and pivoting all the time with that. But we're really focused on that cash flow return on invested capital. And that's what wealthy companies also do. And so that is the big difference. Got it. I wish I was as astute of an operator to to tease out, uh, you know, every element of that. But I'm sure a lot of the listeners, you know, could really pick up well, on I, on the nuances. I approach. I think I approach it like a Warren Buffett does. That we're going to deploy capital. 
how can I get the highest cash flow return on invested capital? And, and so when this time last year, when all the S19 pros were trading at $120 a terahash, we said, no, we're not, we're not going to go. Why? You know why? Because the return on invested capital went to two years. Well, if you looked at the DNA of volatility of Bitcoin and that two years and you have a halving and you're now three years away from that halving, the math said you won't get that return on invested capital. That's just yep. the math. Yep. So I approach it from that mathematical, like a money manager would. Well, and that's the difference. So I think that so I, I'm starting, I'm starting to understand now. And really that mindset, what it helps Hive avoid is the FOMO that happens at the top of the market where, like you said, all these co companies are piling into very overpriced hardware that will, they'll never return in the time frame that makes sense. We had so many pitches and you start reading through the documentation. Well, if Bitcoin goes down, we take your Bitcoin as collateral. Well, wait a second. That's you're going to give me to buy ASIC chips and you're now going to take one a collateral on my assets. There was always a sort of wrinkle of I call it predatory lending and predatory lending has taken down private companies in this space at valuations of a year ago, a billion dollars. It's, it's taken down. It's such challenging for so many of these other companies. So I just said, no, we're not going to do that to put that money at risk for equipment at that price. So you had to think about it. I'm going to buy this for Terahash on all that. There's so many, as you know, services on the internet that you can plug in your cost of energy, cost, your cost of your machinery, your Terahash, your how many months or days it takes to get your payback. So all of a sudden we're talking about a two year, 700 day payback. And you want me to borrow at 12%. And if I'm slow, it's going to 14%. And the DNA of volatility is this month. There was a traffic jam coming. You could just see it. So we were conservative and we are criticized for it, but that's okay because today, you know, we have lots of cash in the balance sheet. We have Bitcoin on the balance sheet and, uh, and we have what we did by the way, with Ethereum is that we would sell the Ethereum when it had a pop and then we would mine it back, get our position back as it corrected and it fell, we would then mine, 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 and it would have these, this volatility move. Okay. Sell, 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 and then mine it back. So we've done some of that with Bitcoin to make sure, but we want to increase our hold position. But right now, what we want to make sure is that we can upgrade all of our machines, make sure our costs where, where the difficulty is today and the cost of electricity is today. What do I do that all these machines, my cost is $12,000. So that's the goal. I was producing at 9,000. And then as we saw the difficulty since this September surged 20%, it's come off seven, but that's really not that much relative to Bitcoin coming down to 15, 16,000. Now it's popped up from that level. Still, what do I have to do with that cost structure to drive down? And, and these new machines are so energy efficient, but you have to take the old ones down and guess what we're paying? $15, $14, $13. Oh, used equipment. S19 Pro last year, $112 a terahash, $12. 12 well, I mean, guess what? This, so all of a sudden, this is the right time to have cash because there's a lot of people who are dumping either they're dumping their Bitcoin or they're dumping or they're dumping their ASICs. And yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of distressed miners who just can't afford to operate those ASICs anymore. And then all of a sudden they become a massive liability for them. And here you are in position to, to take advantage. So the patience definitely helps. 
and, and it's come back to age. You know, I've been through these gold cycles. I, I've seen, I've had number one gold funds so many times and been up 100% in a year. And then the following year, you're all of a sudden you're down you know, 50% in your gold stocks because the gold stocks, what's also interesting, there's a basket going on right now and it's been going on for several years, but it's even tighter that the, the crypto mining stocks all move up and down by the hour with Bitcoin price. Uh, it, it, it's remarkable to watch. Bitcoin's up in the morning, you open up higher, Bitcoin sells off by 11 o'clock, all of a sudden all the prices, the bids slow down. There's no way everyone's trading around that stuff. That's a quant basket that you would expect of a Citadel type of organization that's trading around that against the futures. And I'm told that people are, are going long futures and short the crypto miners, and then they're going and reversing that transaction. And so it's interesting to me that we still have not, I don't believe in my opinion, my opinion here is Hive is, is always straight at this sort of lowest cash flow to EBITDA enterprise value. And, and we've had these highest returns. And I was told it's because we used to mine Ethereum. Well, we don't mine Ethereum. We only mine Bitcoin now. And, and so we have the same mindset to be mining Bitcoin and make sure that we're in Northern economies. And the other part that we've done is we've not bet all of our energy on one state as some people have, and that becomes problematic. So I found like portfolio diversification as a money manager, that experience is we have energy coming out of Sweden, out of New Brunswick, coming out of Quebec, coming out of Iceland. And each month there's some issue with those areas. There's a, there's always this jurisdiction issue. Of, oh, maybe they want to raise the taxes or whatever, whatever they're going to do. So you, you try to diversify that you don't put all your eggs in one basket. And that's something else. That, that hive is done i mean a, a, an enormous amount of wisdom there diversifying geographies and bitcoin mining's ability to effectively be operated in any geography is like one of the keys here and maybe one of its biggest symmetries to gold is gold is just naturally found across the planet in different geographies you can find electricity you can bitcoin mine and you Again, know what there's so yeah, yeah. go for it for your listeners is that we found there's so much FUD is, as you guys have covered so well on energy. So we took the, the, the organization that Michael Saylor put together and we took that 30 minutes down to three minutes and we translated it into French. We translated into in Swedish and English and in Spanish. And so that we're trying to educate people to stop the FUD about how much energy we're consuming. And, and, and what you can be doing with balancing the grid. But that one is very focused. So we're, because I think that one big part for all of us that survived this cycle, and there's, there's some great CEOs. I can tell you today, there are so many just phenomenal CEOs in crypto mining business. And, and I think that this, they'll, they'll come out of this business strong. Many will get folded in, normal part of a, a, a crisis event. And, and we'll come out stronger, but we still are going to have to deal with all the FUD around the consumption of electricity and better articulate how we balance the grid. We heat greenhouses, we heat other buildings. And, and so our site, we, were, we continuously try to upgrade education from that. No, absolutely. And I think that this is a great place to transition. There is an enormous amount. I think we I think we live in a world right now with very little financial literacy and very little energy literacy. 
Like we are, I think if you look at what's happening in Europe right now, it's it's almost an epidemic of of energy literacy or lack of their of energy literacy because of the poor decisions. But it makes me really hopeful, you know, in this undercurrent of so much confusion in the energy markets, there is this thing called Bitcoin mining, which is creating massive opportunities for energy companies to be more profitable and for you know, decrepit grids that haven't been upgraded since the 70s to become more efficient and to be less wasteful. You've discussed multiple areas in which Hive has specifically found lots of efficiencies. I'd be in terms of like managing heat, in terms of connecting to maybe stranded energy or less used energy, being a, a, a grid balancer. There's so many different elements here. I would love to just get into what the future of Bitcoin mining as and proof of work as part of energy infrastructure looks like, you know, and you're on the you're on the bleeding edge there. Well, thank you. I think we have to get Aiden Killick, our president and chief operating officer, is electrical engineer, and he gets really granular and loves all those moving parts and, and his whole drive. He's brought he's really done a great job embracing our culture of being performance inspired, generating the highest cash flow returns of invested capital but the technical team, because we're now building new software to deal with, with our hedge positions and selling it off. When, when do we make those trades? Can you make them in six hour segments? So it, it's evolving. But what people don't realize is that Bitcoin miners can go from 30 megawatts to three megawatts in less than a minute. You can't do that with a, with a hydro dam. And you can all of a sudden turn it back up from three to 30 quickly. It takes a long time. So these electric utility companies can spend CapEx on upgrading their infrastructure. And all of a sudden we help with that because they have this cheap electricity going nowhere, especially near the Arctic Circle at late at night or nuclear reactors you're seeing in America that have all this 30% of their electricity is just wasted. It goes nowhere. So all of a sudden they can improve their returns on investor capital by banking up and partnering with a crypto miner. So that to me is really quite intriguing and we're on that. And we feel, feel as you do, there's huge upside. And I also think from COVID is that, that the world is going to become more centralized. We're seeing this sort of, sort of centralized and respect in little communities. So what does that mean? It means decentralized. I believe Brexit is all part of decentralization. The idea of the Europe just keeping growing and bringing other, there's a pushback now against that. There's a rebellion against Russia all of a sudden going to Ukraine, but it's also he's trying to centralize. But the pushback and the battle is about, it's about maintaining decentralized political power sharing in the U.S. between giving more power back to the states to make decisions. They could be very emotional ones, but there's this decentralizing. So food. Where are you going to get your food? Are you going to rely on the supply lines of food coming from South America? Or are you going to rely on just in your local area? Well, vertical farming, greenhousing, all that stuff's going to become very important that you don't have to rely if there's supply chain disruptions like we've had from COVID. So we're going to see a new mindset take place. And the same thing with these, which we have is decentralized data centers. Our data centers and our GPU chips are very valuable for AI. They're very valuable and they're not just Amazon because you can turn around and pull a switch and you can shut off Amazon. You can shut down and Microsoft all of a sudden most of that. Well, here is what's the importance of being decentralized. 
So that's where I think Hive is going to become a data center company for the metaverse, if that's what they want to have. But they're not going to be able to run in and just all of a sudden buy very expensive space at, at Amazon because Amazon's going to shut them off. So I, I think that that's what we're going to see in farming. We're going to see for consumption of food. We're going to see it for many different things we take for granted that is just big and centralized is going to be decentralized. Well, I think the term that I've been using to kind of this force that you're talking about, this trend is localization. But there's this strong trend of localization. Absolutely. Uh, and and yeah, I, I completely agree. Like the ability to leverage your local energy the ability to manage your grid yourself, the ability to generate heat, maybe in a cold area and heat a, ga a greenhouse or heat some office buildings or manufacturing facility. You know, I think that the, we are just starting to, you know, break the surface on, on what is possible here, just with this ability to consume energy and create heat you know, effectively with a flick of a switch, which just was not available at scale the way it is with Bitcoin mining. So I, I really do think that a lot of this is, it's, it's very interesting. And I just don't think that people have really grasped on what, like what that means. Like in, and I thought that it was really cool at Bitcoin Amsterdam, at the party that Hive threw for our VIPs, you, you had appetizers that were being handed out that were produce, you know, made from produce that were effectively heated and cultivated from Bitcoin mining heat. And it, that's that just cool? a small glimpse of the possibilities. Right. But, you know, again, like the, that, again, like we're, we're, you know, we're at the beginning of the internet. No one is, is seeing, you know, the possibilities of Uber, you know, but if there's, I guess if there's some symmetries there to where we are in the Bitcoin mining, uh, I guess, revolution, I, I feel like that's a pretty nice way to capture it. It is, and it comes back to this cash flow return on invested capital model. If you're building, now we're going to see a growth of, of a new nuclear power stations, et cetera, but there's going to have surplus electricity at night. And that's, we saw the, the conversation when I was in, in Dubai, because they built nuclear reactors over there. And what are they going to do with all this surplus electricity? And how could they partner to do stuff with Bitcoin mining? And so that helps them get their return on invested capital. So there's this interesting balancing that we can help them with their returns on invested capital. They in turn can help us with our returns on invested capital. And what is the magic Bitcoin mining? I'm, it is it is magic. It really is. And, and it's, it's almost like implementing math into their systems. It's a system that actually makes it all make sense. Whereas today, you know, I, I don't think it's that far of a stretch to say that you know, fiat and the way that energy is produced and the petrodollar, it is problematic and it, it's not quite working. Yes. And we just got to keep on educating people. You're so right. And anything that you have ideas for us to do a better job in communicating and, and telling the story, we're there because I'm a big believer as a, having no low mutual funds, ETFs, our biggest way that we gotten customers into our funds is to, there's no, we can never make a promise here or a guarantee, but we have to paint a story that says, why is that interesting? 
and and what 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 is the difference between this fund and that fund and you have to be educational to get someone to grasp and understand and appreciate it so i now see that journey starting all over in the crypto space but what's fun for me is i'm learning a brand new language all these new acronyms what they meant you know from four years ago when people would throw them around and i walk away and, and ask my son what did he say <laughs> Well, so, Frank, I mean, I think you're very good at staying young and very good at adapting your knowledge to kind of new spaces. That's I think that's become very evident just from this conversation. I wish we could talk, you know, for longer just because I could dive into the nuances of Bitcoin mining for hours. But I do want to talk to you, you know, about one last thing before we wrap up, and that is the future of Hive. As part of what has made Hive successful to this point, you kind of talked about your framework for decision making. And that framework has helped you avoid making poor hardware choices and making poor choices with your treasury in the bull market. But one of the things that Hive has been you know, making waves with is your partnership with Intel. And I'm very curious on how you're able to kind of cultivate a partnership with one of the premier chip producers who is getting into Bitcoin mining and what is kind of happening there. Well, it's, it's a, they approached us because we're the green we basically have the greenest, cleanest operation. And, and that's why they, they reached out. And so then we put our engineers in partnership with them. And what's interesting about their machines is it has a, what they would call a wider spectrum for efficiency. So if electrical prices go up, you can tool down and maintain that, that sort of the, way, the idea that if you floor your car driving gas, you're gonna waste a lot of gas and you have to find that optimal speed for the load that you're carrying. And so that spectrum is so helpful in rising energy prices, volatile energy prices, Bitcoin volatility, trying to marry those parts. So they are like this S19 pros, but their, their spectrum for energy efficiency is, is excellent. So we've installed hundreds of them and the big load will be coming in the next couple of weeks. And we'll have thousands of them spread out across the world where we, wherever we're mining. And so we're ex so excited about that, that relationship. But we are also buying SD S19 Bros, brand new, down 90% from a year ago. So that, that's our price that we, we feel we can get a, a very robust return on our investor capital because we have low cost of energy. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, even with the difficulty screaming up the best operators like Hive, you're still finding ways to be competitive because you didn't you, you didn't waste all your money on on overpriced ASICs when there was maximum FOMO. And it's very interesting to see all these companies that did, you know, pay a premium get have very long lead times to ship them to North America or other parts of the world from China. And then all of a sudden they can't actually afford to run them and they have to sell them. So it is. I call it beautiful, but there's this cyclicality and the, you know, the winners get rewarded. So it's very interesting to, to be able to speak with you and kind of hear what that experience has been like for Hive. Well, it's, I, I, I think the acquisition we did of GPU one and bringing in some great talent has positioned the company for a, another growth cycle. As we weather this, this bear market, we have general counsel, we have structure, we have what four CPAs now on staff setting up more, always setting up every quarter sees more and more compliance and structure, which is great. Doing a phenomenal job as, as operator, our ESG strategy, I would say to you in, in Sweden is, is a home run in Bowdoin, the, the arena is now called the Hive Arena, where we 
giving money back to the community for kids for playing hockey. It's a big, big part for four, four, six players that come out of Bowdoin have gone to the NHL and two of them have won two Stanley Cups, but on teams that won. So the culture of hockey there is so big. So we're involved with that. Now we're looking to put on, we're doing the engineering to have modular units mining Bitcoin to heat the arena and save the community $200,000. So there's lots of fun with this. You know, when you go there and you see your hockey team, many players that have been on the Stanley Cup championship team, they live in the community when they retire. So we're involved and that, that gives me, you know, Gives me nice and the positive shivers being involved and seeing these little tiny kids and they all dream to go to the NHL. So that's that's where Hive is. I have a phenomenal team in Sweden run by jo Johanna Thornblatt. Johanna came from Sweden. She came on a D1 basketball. So she is very, very sweet and feminine, but you give her a basketball and she'll drive on you and knock you over if you get flat footed. And so she went to the University of Chicago. She's extremely smart. So she runs a culture so important. She understands Swedish culture. So that to me is very exciting, but she's also American passport and and understands American drive and performance mindset. And then we have the other team in New Brunswick and Quebec. So it's a phenomenal team that we have. And that's allowed me to stand back and not be involved every day to the degree that I was in pulling together the acquisitions and attracting the people. And now I can stay on with return on investor capital stewardship is the way I like to look at it and, uh, and let Aiden and Johanna and Ian Mann and Bermuda and Darcy run the business and, and Gabe oversee the, sort of the, the legal compliance structure. So when I see these other blowups take place, you'll see they don't have structure as they grow. The revenue explodes and they don't surround themselves with highly talented people. They don't build a culture of people. So Hive is positioned for the next big wave. For, as, as someone who's building in this space, you have to have that foundation because like you said, that's the only way you can smooth out those ebbs and flows that are kind of natural to the Bitcoin market. Frank, with that being said, we need to wrap it up. I, I'm sure that people would love to learn more about where, you know, about what you have to say about the space beyond this interview. Where can people- At Hive Blockchain Technology, it's, it's really easy. You go to Hive, you'll see the Bumblebee logo blue. And some people call this the Gucci bee. It's, it's our orange gold color. And, and that's the easiest way. High blockchain technology. There's lots of content on our website. Sign up for our research. Sign up for the videos we have on YouTube. We have dozens of uh, educational videos. Yeah, your, your live stream that you put on a couple of weeks back, it was a great watch. A lot of great talent on that live stream, including Bitcoin Magazine's very own Dylan LeClaire. So thank you for putting that on. To everyone listening, go follow Frank. Actually, I, I follow him on Twitter. A lot of great insights coming from Frank on Twitter as well. Where What's your Twitter handle, Frank? Bulldog. All right, let's go. Follow That's the Bulldog. My, that was my mascot in high school, and I played in, in all sports. So my nickname became Bulldog. Urgh. Let's go. Okay, well, follow the Bulldog on Twitter. Frank, I'm going to have to have you back on. I would love to talk to your CTO or, or folks that, you know, are intimate with, you know, what it's like to balance the grid in Sweden. But I just find all of this stuff fascinating. And I personally am, am so bullish on Bitcoin mining's ability to to fix our broken grids and bring some literacy to, to our energy literacy to the world. So I'm really thankful that hive and you know the bitcoin mining industry is pushing it forward and thank you for you coming on to share it with our audience
Well, thank you for the opportunity to share our story. Come celebrate Bitcoin winter in Miami at Bitcoin 2023. The largest Bitcoin conference in the world returns to Miami from May 18th to the 20th. Head on over to b.tc forward slash conference to get your tickets today. Use promo code BMLive to get 10% off of your tickets before prices go up. Bitcoin is for everyone. Lefties, righties, and rejectors of the false dichotomy alike. And that is why the newest Bitcoin Magazine print edition is called The Orange Party Issue. It features articles by President Naya Bukele, Jeff Deist, Beauty On, Natalie Smolensky, Eric Kaysen, Max Kaiser, and Jimmy Song. Get your copy at your local Barnes & Noble's bookstore or from the Bitcoin Magazine store at store.bitcoinmagazine.com and use promo code BMLive to get 10% off your annual subscription today. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com.